So What is a podcast from The Gathering at Crossings Community Church. This podcast exists to help young adults navigate real life and cultural topics in light of what the Bible says. The Gathering meets weekly on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at Crossings Community Church. It is a place for young adults in their 20s and 30s to belong and be known and become like Christ. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to So What. We're glad to have you back on the podcast. Uh, We didn't think that two dating podcasts was enough, so we're going to do another one because the people want to hear it. But this one is, so what about the questions that we have in dating? So this one's just a QA and a that you guys submitted through Instagram uh, this week. And we just want to answer your questions and kind of see what you guys are talking about for dating. But to kick it off, I want to hear from you guys. Since people want to know so much about dating, let's just tell them some good places to take people on dates. Where do you like to go on dates in OKC? In OKC. So if you're listening and you're not in OKC— it's a long commute, but I think you could still do it. I believe in you. Okay, I'll I'll, can I, I'll start. Take us off, I, I Andy. think my favorite date that I've taken Taylor on in recent years was the drive-in movie theater in Guthrie. Because it's just, it's just it's old school. I've got a pickup truck, and so we just put some chairs in the back and you sit there. It's not a great movie watching it. It's just a great experience, <laughs> right? And so like, I think Guthrie, I think there's another one somewhere in town. We've always gone to the Guthrie one. That's a, that's a fun group date. One-on-one date. It's just, it's it's a fun experience. See, I am, uh, I like morning dates as well. Oh. We're just going to throw, breakfast, throw a morning huh? date a out breakfast? here. Yeah, date that's just because you want to go to Neighborhood Jam. Let's just Probably be honest. Neighborhood Jam. <laughs> but I, I, cow and we all know I, it. I know. That's Paige knows me. I love Neighborhood Jam. But if I'm downtown, I'm going to Cafe Cacao. Best breakfast place in OKC. Cafe what? Cafe Cacao. Didn't they actually like, win an award for that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, yeah, a Yelp f- award. Yeah, they won a Yelp award I, for I it. I feel like that's like a, a cartoon, like, punch <laughs> animation. <laughs> cacao! That's how you feel when you go there. That's why they named it that way. Okay, all right. So I would go Farmer's Market at Scissor Tail Park, walk around, get all the things, all the local goods, shop local, and then breakfast at Cafe Cacao. Okay, one more question to add on to this. Oh, okay. Since... Usually, just typically, the guys, you know, they they might plan the date. What are the ones that you're like, generally, you hear girls be like, we went and did this, please. So, let's help the guys out. What should they not do? What should they not plan for a first date? Mm. Like mini golf? Mini golf is, is, that, no, mini golf's a good is time. Is that good? Okay, mini I, don't good. Know. Good. I don't know. Most That's girls good. that I like don't like movies with guys that they don't know. Because they're like, what's the point? We're not talking. We're just sitting. Okay. Maybe like a hiking day, unless you know that they're outdoorsy. Oh, that's true. Just just be cautious, you know, at least let them know. If they're indoorsy or outdoorsy, yeah. also, make sure you like, know that first. <laughs> I've heard lots of stories of people like going on dates with like guys they meet online, which like, well, different story. But like getting like murdered in the woods, like that's terrifying. Okay. As a girl, we're going to go on a Maybe stay in day. public. Maybe you know, stay in Maybe don't know. I don't want to go in the woods by myself with a random guy. Like, no thanks. Okay, let's move on. All right, <laughs> Anyways. We, we, we so. got real dark there real quick. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> Date in public. Date in community. Nice. Um, We're just going to hop right into the questions because there's really no coming back from that. It's like turning the Titanic. So, how do you know when you are ready to date again after a breakup? Question one. Oakley, I'm tossing it to you. Yeah. So, again, these are questions we got from you guys, from our Instagram poll. So, they're things you want to know. And I think this is a really good question to dive into. Uh, and and it was funny. We posed this question to our team and then all kind of sat there in silence for a second because we realized there's not a one size fits all for this question. There's no right answer to figure out when to know when you're ready yeah. to date again uh, after you've been through a breakup, after you've been through maybe just a traumatic season in your life. And you're kind of like, okay, is, is my heart in a place where 
going into a dating relationship, especially one maybe that would move towards marriage, is that a healthy thing for me to do right now? Um, So I think a couple just good filters to kind of run yourself through. Uh, Obviously, being really honest with yourself is going to be a good place to start. You're going to know yourself, um, you and the Lord, and just as y'all are navigating your heart, you're going to know yourself better than anyone else. And so check your motives on that. You know, are you stepping into a relationship because you want to fill some sort of void in your life? Yeah. Are you wanting to just feel accepted and feel loved? Or uh, can you really honestly say to yourself, you feel like this would be a step in obedience towards the Lord and just uh, in honor with this person to step forward in dating them? I think of Romans twelve ten with this. It says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. If you can honestly say to yourself, I don't think that me stepping into a dating relationship would be honoring to the other person right now, that's like a huge reason to pause and and to kind of think, okay, I might not be as healthy as I would want to be, but uh, maybe down the road, like knowing that God's going to provide, knowing that God is sovereign, I don't have to force his hand on something. I can trust, take the time to heal and really do kind of the heavy lifting now um, and then wait on a relationship in my life. Bring in your community. That's always going to be a good thing to do. Um, talk to them about honestly where you're at. Um, loop them in early on and then allow them to speak into your life and to speak into the decision of if you're going to date again or wait a little bit longer. Uh, can, I, can I add one thing to what you were saying a minute ago about dating somebody when you're not ready? Yeah. Is not honoring to that person. Yeah. I'm, and I think this just goes to what you're saying from the standpoint of knowing you got to ask yourself some honest questions. Be very self-aware. The greatest skill is being self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just because someone else may be pressuring you to say, like, hey, when are you going to get back out there? Well, like, you know, like like that, that don't. <laughs> don't listen because they're not honoring the process that God has with you. If they're pressure, because maybe they just really like you and they're like, they want it to happen for you. You know, <laughs> you're like, I'm not ready. Like that is, you need to honor one another. And that includes understanding where you're at and be like, hey, just because maybe someone wants to date me or someone is, my friend is like, you need to get back out there, get back in the game or whatever. Just pause and, and, and prayerfully think through like, mm, am I ready? Well, yeah. and kind of going off of that too, something that I think is a good litmus test, like when you're trying to date somebody is, am I dating them so I can get something from them or am I dating them because I want to honor them and show them love in that mm-hmm. way? Because that's a whole mental flip. Like if you're dating someone because you want to constantly get things, like Oakley was saying, fill a void, like that just means there's something, some other area of your life that you need to work on, yeah. if that makes sense. Like yeah. you're trying to circumvent what you actually want to work on and filling it with dating yeah. rather than, hey, like I'm in a spot like where I'm in a good season and I want to share my life with someone. I want to just like pour into them and love on them and get to know them. Even not yeah. in like a, serious, super serious way, but just like in a way, place where you're in a space to give things. Yeah. yeah I, agree. I think the easy thing to do a lot of times after a breakup is to maybe race back into another relationship because it's what's familiar to you. Uh, it, in our minds, we can help, you know, we can start to think that this will help us get over the other person. That's, that's how we even got the term rebound. You know, it's going to get us over this other person that maybe we were so heartbroken by or so invested in. And so the easy thing to do in a lot of situations is to jump back into a dating relationship. I think the much harder thing to do is to give yourself the time and the space to actually commit to prayer and to actually commit to um, submitting all of those desires and all of those wants to the Lord to really let him guide and direct you. 
Uh, we don't give enough credit, I think, often to the guidance of the Spirit that lives in us and the discernment that He gives us as well. So commit to prayer, commit to the waiting game, knowing that your waiting is not wasted in the Lord, and He is still working and moving in those waiting seasons. Um, and then again, yeah, just being honest with yourself, knowing where you're at, um, and yeah, having having just good, solid community whether they're speaking into your life of like, get back out there and date or no, you should never date. And it's been five years since you broke up and they're still, you know, exercising caution. Um, I think take into consideration what they are saying. Ultimately trust the Lord and his guidance. And then know you're going to make some mistakes. Like maybe you do jump into it too quickly. Be honest with yourself then too. You know, that might be a cause Mm -hmm. to step back a little bit before you hurt someone else in the process. Or maybe you're going to see as you kind of start to date again and uh, take things that you've learned from past relationships that, God's taught you a lot, and you're ready to get back out yeah. there and, and start dating someone. That's well, not what we talked about. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just the, the standpoint of like, because I've seen this happen a couple times, is when you're still thinking about the past relationship, like that's probably a sign that you should not move into a new relationship. And I mean, I want to use the word lightly, but if you're still obsessing over the past relationship, that that may mean that you're not ready to start over because going into that, there might be a constant comparison of like, all right, well, I used to have this, but now this is what I have. And and that's, again, Romans 12, 20, honor one another above yourself and putting someone else in a position um, to be constantly compared to the past. So maybe uh, just a quick filter might be like, if, if you're done thinking or maybe obsessing over you know, the, I call it the postmortem. You, you're always postmorteming the, the past relationship. You're looking at what was dead, and you're always second guessing, like, well, we could have done this, and I should have done this better. You know, this person, whatever. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think when when you are faithfully walking with the Lord now in community now and looking forward to what God's going to do, um, and and trusting the Lord with the past instead of constantly trying to go back into the past and somehow manipulate it or re guess how, I don't know. You brought up a point earlier about how, like we were talking through this before we started recording, um, like working through your past relationships and kind of figuring out like what went wrong and how you can do it better in your new one. So kind of where is that line of comparing in an unhealthy way to comparing and moving forward? Well, yeah, I think there's, there's a, a great time wise to, to think back like, all right, what, what did go wrong there? How did I handle myself? What what were our problems when we were dating that maybe led us to break up? Like I think those are good evaluative evaluative or question to ask sure, yourself. Sure. I just think you don't sit in that for like ever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Like you know maybe you grab a friend or two and be like, hey, you saw us date. What what did you see? Like why do you think that didn't work out? And then say all right, and then learn from it instead of obsessing over something you cannot go back and change. It's that idea of like, hey, if we're going to grow, we need to be made uncomfortable. And sometimes it's uncomfortable to hear like, hey, you guys were probably too intense too quick. And that's probably why it burned out so fast. So next time, I'm going to go a little slower. And we're not going to spend every waking hour together that we have available. You know, like just that kind of – does that answer your question? Mm -hmm. Because I think there's always just kind of that comparison of previous people that you've dated. Just because, like, you're learning, like, okay, like, yes. this happened in this relationship, and I want to do that differently here, and that comes up when you date. And you might absolutely be like, I don't want to date someone that does that, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that's good. But I just think that if I, I come from the other side, like, hey, if I'm dating somebody, but I'm constantly still infatuated with the other person, like, you should not be dating. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, that, that is because that's not honoring 
to the person that you're with at that moment. It's also not honoring to yourself because you're constantly living in this place of second guessing and really control. Like mm-hmm. we're, you're trying to control. And so it's not necessarily a relationship maybe you didn't want to have. Maybe it's a relationship that you got broken up with and you didn't want to get broken up with. And now it's like, okay, but I still like that person. I'm going to go date this person. That's that's not what we would say honoring one another. Yeah. So kind of put a bow on this question. Is it just really, it's really nuanced and you need to trust yeah. your community and trust people well. Because kind of going back to that community topic is we talked about um, just having people that know you and know you well. Because like Oakley was saying, it's just very nuanced. Like start, stop, start, stop yeah. in dating. And you just need to know yourself, have self-awareness and bring your community in. It's a All right, what's one. next? What we got? Next one. How do you approach being friends with someone before dating them? Good question. Who do you think asked this question, Andy? <clears throat> and by who, I mean what gender? Um, I would guess a dude a- asked this question. How do you approach <laughs> being friends with someone before dating them? So here's how I read this question. I could be way off, but you want you either want to be friends with them or you want to date them. And so to me, what this this question screams is I'm protecting myself. And mm-hmm. so how do I be friends with them? to protect my own ego and my own pride because I actually want to date them. So here's what I would say is you need to decide whether you want to be friends or if you want to date them and then move forward accordingly. Um, don't play this manipulative game of like, hey, I'm going to manipulate our friendship to protect my own ego and my own pride so that if it if I don't get the vibe that I want, I can protect my own heart. Um, versus like, hey, if you want to be friends with them and that's it, then just go be their friend, right? Just be kind, be encouraging, ask them great questions. Support them when they need support, right? Like, be a good friend. If you're like, I want to date them, so I want to be their friend first. Like, believe me, I'm a big believer in being friends before you date. Like, you know, the whole like, hey, I just think you're hot, so I'm going to ask you out. Like, people do it. But the most successful relationships that I've seen is usually when they're friends first and they realize, hey, I really like you. And so I think this question is a little bit interesting just because it's like, how do you approach being friends? with someone before dating them. Well, you want to date them. Mm-hmm. So if that's where your heart and mind is, then just ask them out. Say, hey, I would like to get to know you more. You want to go on a date Friday night? Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to play this weird relational manipulative game of like, I want to try and anyway, does that make sense? So again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before is to be a good friend, you live out the one another's. Mm-hmm. Be kind, encouraging, care for, honor. Um, and if you want to date them, ask them out. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's something that I see in conversations a lot too. People are hesitant to date. So like, okay, like I don't want to get super serious and get engaged in six months. And so just kind of having the wisdom to be like, okay, dating someone does not mean it's off the gate that serious. Like you're saying, it's just like a getting to know them and you know them well. And so Which brings kind of me to a whole another idea is that we've talked on the last two podcasts about being intentional and not being intense. Okay. Our people are not hearing this. <laughs> Can we just be honest? They're not. The, the, I've had three or four conversations in the last month about this idea of like, you know, when should we have this conversation? And, you know, I think this is a red flag. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, are you having fun yet? <laughs> like, have you guys laughed together yet? Or are you just evaluating and judging them? And I'm like, it just breaks my heart. Because what, what, we, what we're not intending to do is be like, hey, go out on a date and then judge them. Everything they do. If they're late, judge them. If they don't tip as much as you would, judge them. Like, no, like that's not just like have fun. Do you enjoy being around them? 
Do you look forward to getting a text from them? Do you look forward to talking to them after work? Maybe those are the first questions we should be asking versus like, what is their faith life? Are they in community? What level of confession do they have with their community? <laughs> are they faithfully serving at church? Like, 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 whoa, slow down. Enjoy the process. Enjoy being with one another. So anyway, sorry, that, that was a tangent. I had to say it though. <laughs> it's, it's a good tangent. I think it's a good one. And just like, be mindful. Like, not everyone's timeline is your timeline. Yeah. And like, that's okay. Relax. Just have fun. Enjoy it. If we trust the Lord, relax. If we trust yourself, freak out. So if you're freaking out, it probably means you're trusting yourself a little bit too much. Trust in the Lord, everyone. Just take mm. a deep exhale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Oakley? No, I mean, I think that that's, that's kind of, uh, I think Andy said it well. Whether you're friends with someone or you're dating someone, it's still a process of getting to know that person. And so if you are looking at someone from afar and you're like, you know, I, I just want to get to know them better, but I do have a respect for them and an admiration for them and – you know, do I have to be friends before we go on a date and kind of are stuck in this in-between zone? Because uh, I know that there are a lot of situations where it isn't just as easy as you guys naturally form a friendship and then mm-hmm. somewhere down the road, one of you starts to see this person a little differently and ask them on a date. Uh, sometimes it doesn't happen that easily. So I would say both a friendship and someone that you're dating, you're getting to know that person. You're getting to spend time with them. And so if you want to just get to know them better and spend time with them, uh, do that in the context of dating. If you are seeing them as someone you would want to date. I don't know. I just, or that's if, hard. It's all about just. If you just... look at me like, hey, I'm, I'm attracted to that person. Here's an idea. Go sit by them. Yeah. In, like if, Put yourself in, our in situations con- yeah. where Increase you're going to be proximity. around them. Like, go, like, I, I will say this. For, I think for guys, this is hard sometimes because girls are always in groups. And so for a guy, it's really hard to like, all right, how do I go? How do I, how do I increase that proximity when all of her girls are like, like I don't want to be that. That's going to be super mm-hmm. awkward and it's going to make it weird. So, you know, girls, just be aware. Like, we're some of the guys they're trying, but like maybe in Sunday school, go sit at their table. Don't sit at the table you always sit at. Go sit at their table in church. Go sit in their row right behind them. So when mm-hmm. you know at the so gathering, when you we're sing like, hey, beautifully, they'll know. Well, what, it's that, you. but when, when we say, voices. hey, stand up and greet somebody or whatever, like, yeah. oh, hey, look who's Fancy here. Fancy seeing you here. That's right. Increased proximity. Well, that's right. one of the questions that we had too. Is like, how do it was from a girl and she's like, how do I encourage a guy to make the first move? And my advice is just like, like you're saying, like get close and like get in proximity, like. You're talking like they're not just going to come up to you with all your girls and say, knock, knock, like, hello, like, you look great. Like, that's weird. <laughs> like, I hope you don't want them to do that. Just, like, put yourself in positions where, like, if you some can dude talk did to do that, people. I would, like, hero. He's a hero. King. Pop off king. <laughs> Andy's favorite new term. Pop off king. There you go. All right. <laughs> all right. Next question is kind of a similar vein is how do I compliment my female friend without her thinking that I like her? And he shot a side eye to Oakley, so we're going to toss it to Oakley. I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you just compliment her. And then if she thinks you like her, then she thinks you like her. If she thinks you're being kind to her, then, mm. you know, she thinks you're being kind to her. You're not going to be able to control. And I think this goes both ways with girls and with guys. You're not going to be able to control what the other person does think uh, and what the other person feels. But you can control your motives behind what you're saying. You know, if you're just being genuine and you're— wanting to compliment someone, uh, there's a there's a tasteful way to do that. Yeah. A way that is not putting yourself out there to be perceived as flirtatious if that's not what you're trying to be. Uh, there's just a way to, to be kind and friendly to someone. And then there's also a way to flirt with someone and, mm-hmm. and have that compliment mean something else as well. And so uh, if you like someone's shirt, tell them you like their shirt and you don't have to be weird about it. And if they come up to you later and they think that I don't know, that comment meant something that it didn't, then you can just be very honest with them and have that honest conversation. But 
I think I would just say, let's be a kind world. Let's be for each other. That's right. <laughs> well, that goes back to <laughs> let's stop jumping think- to conclusions that, hey, you, you gave me a compliment, so you want to marry me. Like, whoa, no. whoa, slow it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were talking about earlier, like, it goes both ways with both genders. It's yep. just like we don't know how to compliment each other and not take it as something more. And so just like you were saying, like we're called like First Thessalonians 5.11, like therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Like just as the fact you're doing, like the Bible calls us to be encouraging and to be kind to each other. So like as Christians, we should be doing this and it shouldn't be just flirtatious all the time. And so just kind of making that a part of the community that you're in regularly so that way it's not misconstrued and misperceived. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, next one. What are some things that are easier to work on in singleness or dating? Oh, gosh. What are some things that, that was are easier to weird. work on? I want to try that again. While, how about what are some things that are easier to work on while we're single? <laughs> and or, things you should work on while we are dating. Yeah, well, I mean, you're still single when you're dating, right? You're not married yet. So my short answer, what's easier to work on? Literally everything. <laughs> Literally every area of your life is easier to work on when you are single than when you were married. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's not, I'm not talking down on marriage. Um, it's just a slower process because there's someone that's coming alongside you, walking with you. And so when you're single, you're free to run the pace that you, that you can handle. Um, and when you're married, you know, I, like, I use like a track example. Like if you want to go run a mile, go run a mile. Um, if you pull somebody into run that mile with you, you're going to run a slower mile. Or they're going to have to slow their mile down for you to keep up with them. You seem like it's just this back and forth. So short answer, man, everything is easier, especially working through baggage, especially working through insecurities, uh, trauma, uh, habits and hangups and addictions, like that stuff. Like this is, we may have said this before, but I think one of the greatest gifts you can give your spouse on the day you get married is to have done all the heavy lifting you can while you're single to deal with your addictions your fears, your insecurities, and the baggage that you have in life, whatever that may be, um, counseling, um, repentance, um, going to you know things like CR to, to handle addiction. So literally everything. That's my yeah. answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of going off that, I feel like the question that we're going to get in feedback is, okay, so we shouldn't be dating unless we're just in a perfectly healthy spot in every area of our life. Like that's also not a realistic goal because we're never going to get there. And so kind of how do you – gauge that middle well like i said i don't think single and dating is two different things i think you're single Mm -hmm. like i think when we start dating some people assume well we're going to play house and i need to be a certain person with certain habits certain income certain whatever um like i'll never forget uh on our my honeymoon i remember taylor looking at me like i just thought i'd be so much more mature by when i got married it's like i i just felt like i would be this this person that i am currently not and it was a it was this huge realization for her. I was like, what are you talking about? We're good. Like, <laughs> you know, like uh, one of us is an overthinker. One of us is not. Um, but I think that's, I think that's a very real thing. It's like, we, we always think, Hey, when this happens, I'll be this type of person. And so what I would say is like, we're always going to feel that way. Right. We're all like, when I had kids, I was like, man, I thought I'd be way more mature when I had my first child, you know, and, and my son's going to enter high school. I'm like, I thought I'd be a different type of person when I had a high schooler. And so that never really goes away. And so I don't know if it I, – I understand what, what you're asking, Paige. I just think that there's probably a um, – there, there's no in-between. It's either you're single or you're married. Mm-hmm. You can be single and dating, but it's it, you don't have to be a perfect person to date. You don't have to be a perfect person to get married. I think it's are you working on the things you need to work on? Are you growing faithfully? Are you faithfully walking with the Lord? All right, then – 
now let's have a conversation. But if you got addictions that you have not dealt with, then don't date. Yeah. I think something to be said about that too is the way that we think about the work that God's doing in our heart. So do we think about it in the way that it's, I'm working towards a place to date and get married or I'm working to grow in my sanctification process and have a heart that looks more like Jesus's just because I'm called to do that because I'm a son. Yeah. That is a great word Lord. right there. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so without the end goal being marriage, it's like the end yeah. goal is I'm walking across the gates of heaven someday and I'm going to stand yeah. before Jesus. And I want to make sure that like I've lived a life in obedience to him. And I've, I've tried to rid the sin in my heart and ask the Lord to create a pure heart within me, you know, and renew a right spirit within me. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're not doing this for an earthly motive. We're doing this the because we're— The promise of marriage. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. the promise yep. of marriage. We're doing it because Jesus has called us to look different than the rest of the world and called us to die to our former selves. Yeah. Well, I think if that's yeah, your that's motive, really too, like, that just saves you from a lot of heartache in dating, too. Because I think if you have that transactional relationship with the Lord, like, okay, like, if I do all of this work and I just make myself the best version I can be so I can get a spouse, and, like, that doesn't happen, that well, rocks your whole like world. Like what you're saying, Oakley, I, it just—it keeps— the correct hope as the target. Yeah. Instead of a person fulfilling me all these things, meeting every need, it's like, no, like they're not. They're just not good. There is no perfect person, right? And so to try and become a perfect person is actually setting yourself up and the person that may you end up dating or marrying down for some massive disappointment, which I can tell you that story in my marriage later. But like that's that's part of it is mm-hmm. pursue the Lord. Let him be the hope. Let him be um, what we are, what we're faithfully pursuing. And then every once in a while looks to the side and be like, all right, who's pursuing the Lord at the same pace I am? And like, all right, let's ask you out. So. Yeah. That kind of leads us into our next question, which is um, how do we spiritually grow together in dating? Like what are the positives? What are the negatives? Like how do we do it well? Well, 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To be, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. So what Peter's saying is like, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ when you're single. Nope. Do it when you're married. Nope. It's just do it. Grow in, your, in, in the knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, per, keep pursuing the Lord. Like just, like it doesn't change because you're dating somebody. Pursue the Lord doesn't change when you get married. Pursue the Lord because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit that lives in me is the same Holy Spirit that lives in my wife. And so if we're both pursuing the Lord individually, then we are going to grow together. We're, there's going to be a unity. Um, but I, I, my guess is the heart is like, well, how do we do this together? What's the romantic side of our spiritual growth together? Okay, what do you think? I think that's hard because— um... You, we're, you know, we're talking about all of these things about how dating is an evaluation process. And so you are evaluating, is this person going to be a good partner in my lifetime as we're running the ship together, as we're chasing Jesus together? And so it is important to, in that evaluation process, be able to gauge, are they submitted to the Lord? You know, are they a part of the church? All the things we talked about in our Green Flags podcast. So go listen to that for sure. Shameless plug. Um, but... You know, as far as how these things practically play out when we're dating, I think you're going to find a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. You're going to have some that are like, don't ever pray together when you're dating. Don't read scripture together. Don't do any sort of spiritual, spiritually intimate things together yeah. because intimacy is intimacy, you know, with emotional, physical, or spiritual intimacy. 
there are lines that you can cross in dating that can lead you to a place where you might be more tempted to walk in sin than you would be uh, if you were setting some of those boundaries and guardrails in your relationship. Um, And so I think that was a good word just to just kind of expand off of what you said, Andy. Um, We're called to just pursue the Lord as an individual. And uh, until you are married, that is, that is your, your mission. Your game plan is to pursue the Lord individually. And uh, I don't know, I think as you continue to grow in a relationship and maybe are incorporating some prayer or deciding, you know, do we want to at all read any scripture together? Be honest with yourself of, is this going to be something that pushes me towards a place of, um, I don't know, temptation. I can't think of a better word there. Temptation yeah. to The uh, spiritual possibly, intimacy may lead to other things. Yeah, it may yeah. lead to other things. So possibly may make us or or one of us be in a compromising situation, if not both of us. Mm-hmm. Or is this something that the motive is, hey, we're walking with Jesus and we're pursuing him together. So this is just kind of a natural overflow yeah. into our What are you reading in God's word? What, tell me what he's doing. Right, yeah. right. So kind of just that back to that self-awareness piece. Know yourself because it's not going to be that answer that goes for all situations or all people that we can give you. It's just kind of, hey, these are very intimate things. Prayer, reading scripture, talking about what you're learning in your time with the Lord. They're very intimate things, and they do connect your hearts together in a way that not other that other things don't. Yeah. Yep. And so be aware Maybe just of, not at 11 o'clock. Yeah, when you're yeah. doing On them, the couch, in the living room, doing. with the lights off. Maybe right. don't pray together. Right. Context right. matters a lot like in this discussion as well. You're yes. saying like— me praying at dinner with someone that I'm dating is a lot different, a lot different than, than me on the, on the couch at 1130 yeah. telling my yeah. deepest, darkest sin struggle and us praying about it. Yeah. Like, know your place, know your context. Like, don't be stupid about this. Like, you yeah. know you know when you're going to be tempted and you know what's going to put you in compromising situations. And so I think just making sure you have those guardrails up and you realize, kind of like Oakley was saying, like intimacy is intimacy, emotional, physical, spiritual. Like, you should have boundaries in every single one of those areas when you are dating. Yeah. Good. Just to safeguards. Couple more, right? Yup. Okay. The next one we got is how do you biblically work through heartbreak and self-esteem? Whew. Andy. That's a heavy question. Yeah, I said it really fast, but it's really heavy. Okay. How do you biblically work through heartbreak and self-esteem? Well, I'm gonna turn to Psalm 23 where it says, No, just kidding. It doesn't talk about it. Like <laughs> there's there's no Bible verses. David's like, oh Lord, we just broke up. What do I do? Right? And so I joke, but I know this is a very serious question because breakups are hard. Um, our hearts are in it. Our egos are in it. Our self-esteem is in it. Um, here's my short answer. Psalm 147.3 says, He, God, heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 34.4 says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. And so those two psalms, what they have in common is it's God that's doing the healing, and it is the person who is seeking the Lord. That there's there, there's a there's a relationship, right? We always talk about a relationship with God. Like so, our job when we're broken up with, like it is okay to cry, it is okay to feel bad, it is okay to be brokenhearted, because the Bible talks about that God is close to those who are brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. And so there is an intimacy, like that word again, right, between us and the Lord when we are hurt. And there's a season that we can know God's faithfulness in the valley of the shadow of death that we do not know on the mountaintop, and we can only find and we can only learn in the in the valleys. I always go to Mark 4, um, when the, the disciples are on the boat, there's a big storm, they are freaking out. Their, their hearts aren't broken, but they're freaking out. They think, it says, they think they thought they were going to die. Jesus is in the back of the boat, taking a nap, just chilling, and uh, they go to Jesus, and they freak out. Do you not care if we die? 
is was their question. Mm-hmm. They're they're freaking out. I mean, you could maybe say heartbreak because sometimes heartbreak feels like I'm going to die. Um, and Jesus here here's Jesus calms the storm, right? But here's the thing: what did the disciples do in their freaking out? They went to Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right, Psalms. I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from. All. There's no timeline there. There's no time like I sought the Lord, and a week later, everything was good. It was, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So that's what I would say. How do you do it? You repent. You turn back to the Lord. Find your confidence and security in him and and wait on him, and he will deliver you from all your fears. Boom. That's good. All right. Next one is uh, one that we got submitted through Instagram is what do I do when I've given my life to Christ and I'm changed but the person that I either dated in the past or that knew my past me is in church with me and I just kind of have that tension of how do I be in church as a new person while the person I was sinning with is also there with me Hmm. that's a good question that's a really I think that's a really healthy question do you want to get this one Sure. Um, yeah, I, I feel for this person because the enemy wants to do nothing more than to remind us of the shame and the sin that we once walked in. So I, I feel for everyone because I'm sure we've all had some degree of this type of question or these feelings impact our life at some point. Uh, he wants us to sit in who we were and what we once walked in and not really be able to embrace and uh, exercise the fullness of life that God's given us. Uh, Andy brought up the story of the demon-possessed man earlier, and I think that it actually fits pretty well, kind of in an ironic way. Um, But this man meets Jesus for the very first time and is living this life. I mean, he is— has a demon that has possessed him. And so you can only imagine, right, just the craziness that his mind and his heart is being attacked with. He meets Jesus. Jesus completely changes his life, works a miracle in this man's life, changes his heart, and so naturally, like any of us that have experienced a relationship with Jesus before, it's you encounter Jesus, this true hope for the first time in your life, and you're like, I want you. I want to follow you. I want to be with you. And Jesus gives him a very unique mission and says, no, no you're not going to come with me to where I'm going. You're going to stay with your people that knew you as the demon-possessed man, and you're going to stay here and share what I've done in your life. And I love that story because uh, later on, what you see in the Gospels is that Jesus actually returns back to this place and sees evidence of this man's faithfulness because people are excited to see him. They know him as healer and want to encounter that same Jesus that healed this demon-possessed man. So the guy was obedient. The guy was he obedient. Did what Jesus told he him went to do. and yeah. shared Jesus and and just did not let his past life influence the freedom that God had given him. And so I want to share that with anyone that's feeling these feelings. You know, you you once had this life. You've met the Lord. You're a changed person. Don't let the enemy have any foothold in your life yeah. to bring those things back up. Walk in the fullness of, of life that God's given you. Walk in the new joy that he's gifted you uh, as his gracious gift. And, uh, and don't look back. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be the person to pick back up those shackles and put them on. And then definitely don't let anyone else pick those up for yeah. you and put them back mm-hmm. on you. Well, my my guess is the for... heart of this question is hypocrisy. Yeah. They don't want to be seen as a hypocrite or fake or whatever. And so I think coming off that story, what I would tell this person is like, if it's appropriate, go to that person and say, hey, I know we've got a past, but let me tell you what God's done in my life and where I'm at now. And then bring what was dark into the light and be like, hey, J- Jesus intervened. And so that's not who I am anymore. This is who I am because of Jesus and trust, like, watch what God does with it. 
So that's what I would say. Well, and I think that's true whether it's a dating relationship or a past friendship or kind of anyone else from your past that comes up in your life. Like this can be a very pertinent thing yeah. that happens. Um, the Lord has done a work in your life. And so I just think kind of that bringing it into the light that way there is no hypocrisy is a really good policy to live by. Yeah. Last three, rapid fire question. Here we go. So if you want to just snatch it. What do you do when you like someone but you don't think you're in a place to date them? Don't date them. Beautiful. <laughs> just don't date them. If you know you're not in a place to date, don't date them. All right, next. <laughs> uh, how do I encourage the guy to make the first move? I don't know. Um, put yourself in positions to just be around them. And if they're not making the first move, then maybe they don't like you. And that's kind of a hard reality to embrace. But there might be a reason that I'm maybe, you yeah, out. maybe there's a reason that they aren't making a first maybe move. It's and not that they're just shy. I want to say that with all the grace in the world, but uh, you can so only nice do so much. <laughs> At some point, just move forward. You don't need him. You, you're Miss Independent. You don't need him. Or, oh, yeah, to the guy. Yeah, I'm like, a girl asked this question. You're Miss Independent. You got this on your own. You don't Go, need queen. That. You don't need that. Pop off, queen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, last one. How do you know when you have found the one? You're walking out the church aisle with them. That's when you know you found the one. Boom. Awesome. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Rapid fire. There, it, Rapid there you fire. have it. There it is. Thank you guys for tuning in and for joining us for So What. Uh, we'll see you next week.